Good morning, Boker Tov. May it be a Boker Tov. For Klal Yisro, we should have Besoros Tovos. Amir Tzashem, it should be a good day. We should hear more hostages, all the hostages coming home, soldiers returning to their families, and a sweeping, sweeping victory. We are continuing. Parshish Shuma, page 444 in the Art Scroll, Stone Chumash. Just uh, first, a few reminders. Parsha Shir is generously sponsored by Becky and Avi Katz and family in memory of David Grossman, Le'ulah Nishma's David Ben Menachem Manish. We continue to be incredibly grateful to the Grossmans for their generosity. This morning's Shir is also sponsored by Eli Filikoff in thanks to BRS Rabbis for the uh, Shir room that we offer and BRS. We're very grateful to him for his generosity and sponsorship as well, which is the perfect segue to remind you that next week we are beginning our annual BRS Global Campaign. Looking out, it's amazing to see so many people here to have the privilege to learn together. I see many of you are not BRS members, and that's okay. If you don't live here and you're not here regularly, that's okay. But if you learn here and you grow here and you're sipping coffee here and eating a granola bar here and you enjoy the shiurim and the programs and the activities and the rallies and the lectures and the tilim gatherings and the lunch and learns and everything we do, we ask you to do your part. So you can do it now by going to brsonline.org global brsonline.org slash global. We're trying to, in advance, already make our way there even before we go public with it. So we always are grateful for your participation and your support and you're enabling us to continue to share and teach and spread Torah widely. Uh, and towards that end, this Motzei Shabbos, we are privileged to host Rabbi Pesach Kron, 8.30 p.m. right here in the Rand Sanctuary. All are invited, BRS members, BRS global members, soon to be BRS global members. But you're all invited. It is uh, this Motzei Shabbos, 8.30 p.m. here at BRS. And uh, we're very excited to welcome Rabbi Kron back. Page 444. Our parsha continues. Truma Tetzava. We now transition to the second half of the book of Shemos with the story of the building of the Mishkan and the Kalim, all the utensils that are in it. And the purpose, why are we building this Mishkan? What are we trying to achieve? Why are we extending this experience? How do we morph into this Mishkan? So we'll begin with a Ramban. The Ramban writes on this Pasuk, Speak to Klai Yisrael and please take from me a Truma, a donation, a gift. I say this almost every year, this Parsha, because it's a beautiful insight. Why do we go from Yisro, Mishpatim, Truma? Because we came down from the mountain, this spiritual eye. Hashem, you're amazing and we love you and we do anything for you. Hashem says, really? V'yecheli truma. BRSonline.org slash global. Here's the link. Hashem says, you'll do anything? You know, it's easy to blow the shofar, shake the lulav, sit in the sukkah, light the Hanukkah candles, even clean for Pesach. But dip into our wallet, tap into our pocket, give our credit card number, that's a lot harder. So the real measure... Shem says, you love me? Nasa v'nishma, that was the end of last week. Nasa v'nishma, the end of Mishpatim. Nasa v'nishma, Shem says, really? Nasa v'nishma, you'll do and then you'll listen. You're ready to jump, you're ready to act, you're ready to do. Nasa, you put Nasa before nishma, really? Let's see. V'yichuli truma. Let's see. Will you take out your wallet? V'yichuli truma. So the Rabban says the following. So the Mishkan ushiyah kavad asher, asher shachin al harsinei shachin alav binister. Says the Ramban very succinctly. You know what the purpose of the Mishkan was? To continue the Harsinai experience. Two parshios ago and into last parsha, the last two parshios were capturing the experience of what it meant to climb that mountain, to be with Hashem, 
to understand there's something so much bigger than ourselves, to have a moment of revelation, of contact with the Divine, to hear Hashem speaking to us, inspiring us, letting us read His diary, giving us access to His manual for life and for living. That's with the last two parashiyos. But what happens? Then we're going to move on. Then we're going to go back to our mundane lives. Then we're going to go back to the ordinary. So the Ramban says, and this is the Tefer Shmur of Shum Ben-Abam expanding on the Ramban. After we access the divine, we experience this revelation. We felt the presence of Hashem. Like the Gemara tells us, On the day of our wedding, on the day of our gladdening of our heart. What is the day of our wedding? What's the anniversary we have with Hashem? What is the day of our wedding? Zematan Torah. Hashem held that mountain over our head like a chuppah. We derive many of the practices and customs and laws of a wedding from the experience of Har Sinai. That's Matan Torah. Yom Simchas Libo is a binyan beis So Yom Chasuna, so the day of our wedding, a wedding is that connection of intimacy. A wedding is yichud. A wedding is the ability to say, I'm having an intimate, private rendezvous, a connection that I share exclusively, uniquely, distinctly with this other. Yichud. Why do we have yichud? Svardim don't have a yichud room as part of the process of the wedding. Ashkenazim, we paskin that yichud, according to some opinions, it's a nisuin. We go right from the chuppah, and there should be a connection. It's not just some modern phenomenon. The chassan grabs the kala's hand for the first, for the, hopefully for the first time after the chuppah on the way to the yichud room. Among chassidim and others, there's a halacha kiyum. In order to create a connection between the chuppah and the yichud room, they display, they demonstrate now marriage through contact that was previously forbidden and in order to create a connection between the chuppah and the yichud room the chazan grabs the kalas hand even among the most righteous and the most religious who will not do that any other time display that chiba in public they do that night because uh, that's part of connecting the yichud room to the chuppah and they're in yichud for how long different rabbis different masadri kedushin not that the masadri kedushin is in charge who's in charge how long the yichud room lasts the photographer, the caterer, the makeup artist. There's a whole team outside the Yichud room and there's a whole negotiation. Who's going to bust into that room? The makeup artist. Now you have to hire somebody who puts up the hair afterwards again. Now you ha- Meanwhile, the guest, it's 12 o'clock at night, the first dance hasn't started yet because the makeup, the hair, the caterer, the photographer, the whole team is there, whatever. Why, what, what's the debate how long the Yichud room should last? Because until an hour ago, until you stood under the chuppah, yichud was forbidden. It was prohibited to be alone, to be secluded, to be isolated with this person to whom you weren't married. How do you demonstrate marriage? Dafka, yichud. You demonstrate marriage now by, by being alone. Yichud. It's prohibited. It was forbidden until now. Now that there's marriage, now it's permissible. That's the demonstration of being married. And that is, according to some, the fulfillment of the Nisuin, the second half of the wedding, Ashkenaz and Paskin, that you need Yichud, what was previously forbidden. So when is Yom Chasuna? So when is our Yichud with Hashem? That's Matan Torah. Yeshakeni Minishikas Piyu. The beginning of Shir Hashirim Shlomo Melch describes Yeshakeni Minishikas Piyu, a kiss, the intimate connection, something reserved only between a loving husband and wife, is a kiss. Rashi says, Yishakeni Minishikas Piyu, what is the metaphor of a kiss, of the intimate connection of a kiss? Says Rashi, Zumatan Torah. That was Harsinai. A connection, an affection, intimacy, 
That was Harsina. That was Yom Chasuna. So, what's Yom Simchas Libo? The building of the Beis Hamikdash. What does the building of the Beis Hamikdash have to do with Yom Matan Torah? Why is that the definition of these two descriptions? Yom Chasuna So Yom Simchas Libo. Yom Chasuna So Zuman Torah. Yom Simchas Libo Zu Binya Beis Hamikdash. And the answer is Kedei Lahachzik Ulahamshech Beis Karvas Hagedola Hi Sha Yom Chasuna So. How do you continue the love, the affection, the intimacy, the connection, the, the admiration, the, all the feelings at a wedding? How do you continue it? How do you continue that? So that's the Mishkan. The Mishkan was the continuation of Har Sinai. It wasn't just that we stood at Har Sinai with Hashem and then we parted ways. Now we got to go to work and the gym and the supermarket and life and you go back to what you're doing and we'll remember nostalgically that once upon a time we stood under a mountain. No, we need to find a place that every time we return there, we're back experiencing that intimacy, that affection, that connection. And that's what the Mishkan was. Umashal is a lechasan v'kala. Says of Shmuel Berenbaum, building off of this Ramban. The metaphor of a chasan and kala. At a wedding, at a wedding, some people spend exorbitantly on this. There's a whole team. There's 15 photographers and 17 video people and 400. Some people spend, and some people have one person with a camera. But I've never been to a wedding that didn't have a photographer, ever. I've never been to a wedding where nobody was taking pictures. And if you think about it for a minute, why not? The whole point of getting married is Anyone know? <laughs> the whole point of getting married is to be married. I, when I meet with the Hassan and, and Kala, when I'm doing their wedding, I always tell them this. I say, I, I just, in case you're confused or nobody told you, I want to remind you that the purpose of the wedding is to be married. Is not to compete about the, the flowers or the photography or the symphony or the singers or the dress or the gowns or the mat. All of that's lovely and nice and enhances and we're not getting into it, but that's not what it's about. And why do I make that point? Because so much friction can happen with these two families who are first meeting each other around the negotiation, which is so unfortunate. They're about to build a family and be connected. Please God, Ladori Doros. For generations to come, they will be connected. And it begins. When we made our, our first wedding, someone, I won't quote who it was, said, Rabbi, Mazel tov on the engagement. Good luck with the wedding. It's like making a bar mitzvah with an opposing team. <laughs> that was their uh, description. I'm very blessed. Of course not. We have three sets of incredible machatanam, dear friends, mamish family. That was not our experience. Why do you take, what do you take pictures for? What do you need pictures? The whole point is, you're married. And now, you're married. Why do you need pictures? Liz And the answer is, you want to look back. And you want to remember, you remember how exciting it was? You remember the first time we saw each other after a week we didn't see each other? Do you remember the joy and the excitement and the love and the energy that was in the air? The Navi Yermio reminds us, Hashem, nostalgically, employing a very important tool called selective memory, says, I remember the chesed of your youth. When Hashem wants to nostalgically remember what it was like when we were first forging and forming our relationship, how does He describe it? Like a kala. Hashem says, remember our wedding? You remember the buildup? 
Remember how silly it was? You got family members to hold up numbers that counted down the days, 10 days, but nine days, eight days, seven days, how ridiculous it was, but how exciting it was, how amazing it was, how much we look forward. Do you remember? Do you remember? And then the first time, and then we had to turn around at the same time, and we saw each other, and then we walked down and standing under that chuppah, and we couldn't even pay attention to the rabbi because we were just looking in each other's eyes. And you remember how amazing it was? Ahavas kilulosach. You remember? Lechtech acharei ba'midbar be'eretz lo You followed me. We had no idea how we were going to pay the bills or earn a living or what we were going to do. We knew exactly how we were going to do it. The same people standing next to us under the chuppah. But... <laughs> But remember, you remember, So says the Ramban, that's the Mishkan. That's how we got here. Yisro Mishpatim Nasa Venishma, Yichuli Truma, Mishkan. What do I need a Mishkan for? Because we're not leaving that moment behind. It needs to manifest. It needs to be housed. It needs to be captured. We have to be able to revisit it, re-experience it, re-engage it. It wasn't a one-time only thing. Every time we walk into the Mishkan, the Mikdash, the Mikdash Ma'at called the Shul, we're back at Har Sinai. Wow, Hashem, I feel your revelation. I feel your conversation. I feel you're communicating with me. I'm talking to you through tefillah. You're talking to me through the learning and the listening to the Kriya Satora that I do there. I'm back at Har Sinai. I'm back at that wedding. I'm back under that chuppah. I'm back with that excitement. You know, if you ever watch a wedding video, you watch, uh, look through the pictures, the albums, People don't as often as they should. It, it re-energizes. And that's the Mishkan was the place of doing that. After we said, we'll do and then we'll listen, which is something that the angels themselves commented. continues, he says, now we can understand a little bit the Chet Egel. We're going to read in a couple of weeks the Chet Egel Kisisa. How could it be? They went from the Chuppah and the honeymoon to someone having an affair, infidelity. How could it be? How could it be? A nefila gedola kolkach, such a dramatic and enormous and catastrophic fall. How could it be? You know, the Gemara says a gitten, lamed vav, aluva kala shezinsa bekerev chupasa. says, a kala can be mezana. There can be an infidelity after this moment of connection of, of a chuppah. So he says, you see from here something. I won't read it inside because it's a lot more we want to get to. He says, you know, the higher one climbs, if you fall off that balcony or roof, the higher you are, the greater the fall. So if you take a step three inches off the ground and you fall off the step, so you get up, you'll walk away, you'll be okay. But the higher you are and one falls, the greater, the more catastrophic, the more devastating the fall. So because we were on such a high, Yom Chasun we were in this incredible high, it meant that the fall is so much greater too. The fall is so much greater which tells us that the higher one goes in every area of life, the higher one is in any relationship of life, the more the border, the more the fence, the more the precautions that they need, because it's wonderful to be on a high. It's wonderful to be on a high, a legitimate, authentic, not a, a bad kind of high. It's wonderful to be on a high, but the higher one goes, the greater potentially that fall, and therefore the more careful that one needs to be. So now we know the Ramban set the stage. 
How did we get from Mishpatim to Truma? Why do we pivot the whole second half of the book of Shmos? The Ramban set the stage that after Harsina, Yom Chasun Asau, now we move over to trying to capture. In other words, the Mishkan was our wedding album. It was the place that we went to in order to reconnect. I got married at Marina Dore. Thank you, Mami and Abba, Mom and Dad. I got married at Marina Dore. Not that often, but when Yechavid and I are back, we walk to the gazebo, and we remember we were standing under here, how windy, how cold, how we weren't sure, should we do the chuppah outside, should we do it inside? It, you're back. You're back to, oh, you remember? How exciting and the buildup and the anticipation and what it was. You remember? You remember? Every time you walk into the Mishkan, every time you walk into the Mikdash Ma'at Shul, you remember Har Sinai, you remember Ne'ilah, you remember that Kumzitz, you remember that connection, you remember that revelation, you remember that Amuna, that Bitachon, you remember that trip to Eretz Yisrael recently, you remember that feeling. So the Ramban sets the stage, that's what it's really, that's what it's really all about. Rashi writes, V'yichuli, Zakta Rashi, li l'shmi. Hashem says, take from me a truma, a gift, a donation, a contribution. Yechuli, for me, which word seems extra there? Li. What's the word li doing there? Take from me. So Rashi says, li, lishmi. Lishmi means for my name, for the right intent. It has to be for a pure motivation, for a pure, for a pure purpose. Yechuli, li, lishmi, for my name. Last year we spoke about the Shev Shmaisa. I thought every mitzvah needs to be lishma. Every mitzvah should be sincere. Every mitzvah should be for the right reason, not driven by ulterior motives. So what's different about this? So Rav Druk in his new Sefer Lava says, HaKushim for Semeth, Neimam Rator V'yichli Truma, Halo Meduber Kam Benesinus Truma, Sosha Bnei Yisrael Avora Mishkan, Imkan Yitzrach Lomar V'yitnu Li Truma. Everyone knows the famous question. You can't read Parshas Truma without raising this question. What should it say? Not V'yichu, take from me a donation. It should say, give to me a donation. Nem Rebizah Biurim Rabim, and there are many, many answers, and we've shared many, many answers through the years. Says Rav Druk, let's offer another insight based on something he said last week on Mishpatim. It said last week in Parshas Mishpatim, if you go backwards to page 430, when you lend money to my people, to the poor person who's with you, do not be to him like a creditor. Do not lay interest upon him. In kesef talve esami, when you lend money to my people, imach imach. So said Rav Druk last week. Ma perish imach. In kesef talve esami, if you lend money to my poor person imach who's with you. What do you mean he's with you? Where else is he? Hatoro omeres lo adam kibetzim kol kesef shu machzik ena shelo. The answer is the money that you're holding on to does not belong to you. You are a steward over that money, but it's not yours. Really, when you have money, what's in your portfolio, what's sitting in your bank account is not entirely all yours. You're holding on to money already that belongs to a impoverished indigent, indigent, indigent person. So how do you have it? How'd you get it? Why is it in your bank account? The answer is Hashem deposited it with you as a steward in charge of making sure it gets allocated and gets sent to the right place. If you need to give money to a poor person, and which money should you give? The money of the poor person that you have right now. That's what it's there for us, says Hashem. 
I'll give you a mushal. Many people do this today, and I highly recommend it. Set up a bank account. Whether you technically have a charitable fund, charitable foundation, charitable account, whether you technically enlisted in that way for the tax benefits of it, or even if not, you just set up a separate checking account that is your chesed, your tzedakah account. And whenever you get your income, whenever you make your paycheck, you take 10% and you put it in that other account. And now that charitable account, you look at and you don't feel it's yours. You know all along, I'm just a steward. I, I'm, I'm in charge of that foundation. What a great job. I'm watching over money that's not mine, was never mine, and it's not hard to part with because it was never mine. So when someone asks you for money, Eretz Yisrael needs money, continue to give. Our shul to continue to stand for Eretz Yisrael, teach. Yes, it's that time of year. I'm going to keep doing this. But unless everyone just wants to right now take out their phone and give, I don't have to bring it up again. But to the causes that are worthy and that deserve and from which we benefit. It's hard. It's hard to reach into our own pocket. It's hard to take from our own hard-earned money. But if we already set that aside and put it in account and we are simply guarding it, we're the stewards over it, we're in charge of it, but it was never ours, then not only is it easy to give away, it's exciting. It's an opportunity. We have to decide what's worthy, where, how much, and so on. So says Rav Druk, that's the pshat in last week's parsha. Es ha'ni imach. Imach means the poor person's money that's already with you. You already have it. In your charity account, you're already holding on to it. Now you just have the opportunity of a destination where to give it. So now we can understand our parsha as well, says Rav Druk. All the money that we're holding on to is never really ours. Who said... We deserve it. We're the junior partner. Others are smart. Others worked as hard. And others don't have what we have. So if we have what we have, it's only because the graciousness, the goodness of Hashem, our senior partner. He gave it to us and he said, 90% of it, even though you're the junior partner, even though you're not necessarily deserving or entitled to it, even though you're the junior partner, 90%, enjoy. Spend, go out for dinner, go on vacation, put an extension on your house, go shopping at the mall. 90% enjoy. But 10%, even though I deserve 100%, says Hashem, 10% is what you should put in another account because it's not really yours. None of it's really yours, but I'm giving you 90%. Enjoy, enjoy. But 10%, now allocate where it goes. So are you really giving anything? If I turn to you and I say, you have a charitable account. I looked it up online. You have a foundation. And your foundation has rule. I didn't, don't worry, relax. We should. <laughs> if anybody can help me with that, I'd greatly appreciate it. We haven't yet and we should. But let's say you have a, a charitable foundation. So it's uh, visible. It's public knowledge, public access. So we know the rules of your foundation. And your foundation says you have to give 5% away a year. And here are the five things to which you give and allocate. So when I come to you, I don't say, V'yitnu, will you give? I say, V'yichu, can you take from the money that's already allocated that you have to give away that's not yours anymore because you've already taken the deduction because it's already in the charitable account and this meets the criteria and the rules and the whole paradigm has shifted from an attitude of V'yitnu, can you go into your hard-earned money and deprive yourself of something and sacrifice and compromise to give what's really yours and you want to hold on to. That's the pathetic, groveling, nebuch, please, I'm begging, v'yitnu, could you give? The yichu is, we both know it's already not yours. 
We both know it was never yours. It's already been set aside. This meets the criteria. It's a worthy cause. We both believe in it. You're not doing me a favor. I'm doing you the favor. So therefore, v'yikhu, go and take from it and contribute it to this cause. Says Rav Druk, that's why v'yichu rather than v'yitnu, it's a reflection on our entire attitude towards that which we have. Do we believe it's ours, or do we understand that we are, we are the stewards over it? And therefore, this is the worthy destination that Hashem is saying, v'yichu, take some of it and put it here. 90% good, enjoy. But the 10% that we both know is not yours, that's already set aside, v'yichu, take, because this is a worthy place for it to go. And now we understand the continuation of the Pasuk, says Rav Juk. Torah calls it trumasi, my truma. Hashem says, go take, from those with a generous heart, take trumasi, my dedication, my donation, my contribution. What should it have been called? Tichu Trumasam, go instruct them. Yitnu, they should give Trumasam their donation. That's not what the Torah says. It says, V'yichu, not give, but take. Trumasi, what's mine? Hashem says to Moshe, go remind them. They should take, not give. Trumasi, not their donation, but my donation, because all along, this was all along, already mine. So with this, Rav Druk is giving us an entirely different attitude and approach towards having the merit the schus, what an incredible schus it is. You know, if, if, I think Elon Musk is the wealthiest person in the world, whoever, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, if whoever tapped you and said, would you do me a favor? I'm worth, I don't even know the numbers, 50 billion, what was the number? 50 billion dollars. I have a 10 billion dollar foundation. It's not mine, it's already set aside, it's already, I got the tax benefits of it. I need someone to be in charge of it, to meet with the people and to evaluate and to decide where it should be allocated would you do that job? By the way, it pays pretty nicely too. Would you do that job? Who wouldn't be super, super excited to, to give someone else's money away, to hear the pitch and evaluate and decide what problem do we want to solve? What difference do we want to make? How do we want to repair and redeem the world? Wow, it's unbelievable with incredible resources. That's unbelievable. Who wouldn't want that? It's the best job in the world. Chevra. Every one of us have that job. Hashem has said 10% of our income you are in charge, you're the CEO of that foundation. It's not yours, was never yours, it's already set aside, and now you get to decide what's worthy, where should it be spent, where should it be allocated? Because it's not trumasam, it's not your gift, it's trumasi, Hashem says it's mine. It was always mine, I just let you have it in your account because you're in charge, but it was, never, it was never yours. And that's what the Navi says, Chagai. We had a Navi named Chagai for those who don't know. In, in uh, Perik Be'ez, Pasul Chesav Chagai, Li HaKesav V'Li HaZav Nu'um Hashem Tzvakos. Li HaKesav V'Li HaZav. Hashem says, it may appear like it's in your account, but it's mine all along. You're just a steward, you're just holding on. V'yikhuli, so V'yikhu, not V'yitnu, take. V'yikhu, take, not give. Trumasi, what's mine all along, not Trumasam. That's number one. Number two, he continues in the next piece. And he has another question. Why does he say V'yikhu, the same question again? So he says, The world we live in is not a world of eternity. It is a very fragile, very temporary, very temporal world. So we can't take any of it with us. None of it is coming with us. There is one form of money that one can take with them. I think we shared this in another context just a few weeks ago. What's the only money we can take with us? Very paradoxically. 
The money that we hold on to, we leave behind. And the money that we give away, we take with us. What we give away, no one can ever take from us. What we hold on to, the market could collapse, the banks could implode, the, the whole sector could go under, it could all disappear. What you grip, what you tightly hold on to, could all disappear. But what we gave away and made a difference with, nobody can take from us. Nobody. That's why it's v'yichu. You're not v'yitnu. You're not giving. You're v'yichu. When we go upstairs after 120, none of these things, none of the possessions, none of the portfolio, none of the holdings, none of it comes with us. What does come with us? So you know what comes with us? When they say they help sponsor a shir, they help promote a yeshiva, they helped coordinate barbecues on army bases, they sent supplies to families whose husbands were off fighting a war, they took care, they made it. The money that we're giving to all these causes to make this different, that comes with us. Nobody could take that away. So we have a choice to make. We could either go upstairs empty-handed, we've got nothing because we left it all behind, and everything we thought we could take with us, we have nothing with us. And we never gave it away because we really wanted to hold on to it. And we couldn't part with it. We couldn't imagine parting with it. Then we go up empty-handed. And we're going to look around and everybody's got name and lights. Everybody's holding on to lots of things, all that they gave away. And we're standing there empty-handed. Or we can take again. Hashem says 90%. Enjoy. Enjoy. 10%. The 10% of our income, we can do our part, be a partner with Hashem, and when we give it, then we're really taking, because that's the only thing that we can take with us. And we explained, he doesn't quote it here, that's the Ma'abim Shat, Ki hakol. In death, you can't take, what's the word hakol mean? Everything. It shouldn't say you can't take everything. It should say you can't take anything. Why did David HaMelech say, Ki hakol? You can't take everything. It should say you can't take anything. The answer is there's some things you can take. Very paradoxically, the only things that we can take are what we gave away. And what we held on to, we can't take any of it with us. It will all be, it will all be left behind. The Amar Astaharos, the Rachmash Rebbe also weighs in here on V'yikuli Truma. And he quotes, he starts from the Degel, the Degel Machan Ephraim. And he says the following. In the Amar B'Gemar, Hai Alma Kebehilula Damya. We're back to the wedding metaphor. At a wedding, there are all kinds of people who come. Some come for the good food. They never make it to the dance floor. They just came for the good food. Some come for the action, the hak. They want to see which singer, how many singers, who got invited, where were they, who were they seated with. And some come to leave it all on the dance floor. They come to be mesamech to chasna mekala. On them ikar kol chasna, he nesinas tabas hakedushin veyichur chasna mekala. Flowers, and photography, and wedding gowns, and there's so much that goes into it. But all of that is meaningless if there's no wedding ring, and the chasna doesn't put it on the kala's finger and doesn't say harayat mekudeshes li. If he says harayat mekudeshes, you are hereby married. Are they married? No, non-descriptive. He has to say, li. There's something between us. There's something unique and distinct and singular that has now made you forbidden to everyone else, that we share only with each other. This whole world is like a wedding. Some people came just to eat and drink. 
They heard the food's pretty good in this world. Some people came for the hak. They want to just know what's the latest controversy, what's the latest good Lashon Hara, who's got the latest juicy gossip. Some people come and they never make it on the dance floor. Some people come to dance in this world and to have fun and to enjoy. But you know, But the whole point of being in this world is to stand under that chuppah and to Hashem say, I want to enter a relationship. I want to have an intimate connection. I want to have affection and love. I want to hear what your needs are. I want you to know my needs. I want to give to one another. I want to invest in the relationship what all relationships need, which is time, communication, our heart, Rachmana Liba Boy. That's the Pashat in the Pasik says that Rachmat Shivka, the Yikhu Li Truma, Truma Hulashan Hafrasha. What does Truma mean? Truma Sumaisros. If you're in Israel, you have to separate Truma Sumaisros. On my last trip, we went to a farm, we picked things on the farm, and what you eat out on the farm, what you pick out on the farm, you could eat without separating Truma Sumaisros. The halacha is in the field, you could eat directly. Once you bring it into the house, now you're obligated, you gotta separate. Trumas and maestros. The word truma is lefrosh, to separate. Yifrosh ha'adam mikol ta'anuga olam hazeh v'yosem daito machshavasa rak ala ikar sibas b'yosel olam hazeh shehu li l'shmi. L'yachid kutcha bruchu ishkinte. He says that's the pshat. V'yichu li truma zakrashi li l'shmi. You know what the whole purpose of this world is? Not to hit the buffet and the bar. Not to tune into the latest hak and controversy, and conspiracy, and all the good gossip. You know what the purpose of this world is? Li, lishmi, v'yichu li, m'hariat m'kudesh is li, to continue that conversation that began under Harsinai with Hashem, to be in this relationship, to make that time, to give Him our heart, to make that connection, to feel that love. V'yichu li, truma, truma means to separate out the relationship, yichu li, lishmi, to give Hashem a sense of li, Rachmana liba boy, all he wants is our heart. How do we do that? Says the Zarakai, says, says the Rapshitzer. Vihuli Truma, Chazal say Truma Notrikon Torah Mem. The word Truma is the word Torah with the letter Mem. Rome is the Torshnit Labam Yom. The Torah was given in how many days? Forty days, which happens to be the letter Mem. So, take from me, yichu. What's the lekach? What's something that we take? So, you see, the letter mem, a mem sofit, is closed on all sides. Because like the Torah was given in 40 days, the letter Mem, and a letter Mem is closed on all sides, a person who wants to serve Hashem has to make the proper boundaries. And only when we make the proper boundaries, safeguards, to not fall, the higher you go, the harder the fall. So we want to go as high as we can. We need greater boundaries, fences, we have to make sure we have guardrails, like the Mem, to make sure we won't fall. So how do we do that? Torah. V'yichu li truma, v'yichu hu lashon limud. Shem rotsim b'nei Yisrael l'zakos, l'hav indivrei Torah, shenitna l'mem yom. Then we have to, v'yichu li truma. Truma, Torah, Mem. Torah was given in 40 days, a Torah of how to set boundaries in our life. V'yichu, Hashem says, ki lekach tov nasati lachem, that's what I want you to give me. I want you to give me a Torah way of life. And the Torah way of life has boundaries and borders. 
We're living in a world that is exactly the opposite. There are no borders, there are no boundaries. There's nothing off limits. Do, dress, experience, act, identify, behave, think, go, whatever, wherever, whatever will make you happy. No boundaries, no borders, no limitations. That's the world we live in. And, not coincidentally, the world is more unhappy, miserable, anxious, unhealthy than ever before. Relationships are dissolving and falling apart. Unhappiness is off the charts. Because it turns out that the more you remove the boundaries and the borders and the limitations and the safeguards and the railings, you don't find happiness by having that freedom. You, in fact, don't find any, anything, no meaning, no purpose, no happiness. And the more that we have it, and they guide us and they guard us and they take us to where, then the more happiness that we're able to find. V'yichuli truma, truma, Torah of Mem. Give me the Torah of the letter Mem that is closed on all sides. I once saw, that's the pshat going back on the Pasuk. Hashem says, I remember, it was amazing. After our Sinai, you followed me into the wilderness, into the desert. You followed me to a land. So I once saw, I forgot who said it. You followed me to a land. Doesn't mean that it wasn't blossoming, it wasn't planting, it wasn't planted, it wasn't. It was planted with the word low. You followed me to a place and to a Torah that would tell you no. No, there's limits. I'm sorry. You can't go. You can't watch. You can't say. You can't listen. You can't. No. Our Torah has a lot of mitzvahs say, a lot of positive commandments. It has a formula for how to come close to connect with Hashem through the positive. But we also have our fair share of low. I'm sorry. Sometimes the answer is no. Relationships mean no. If you want to feel connected to me, stop looking at her. Stop talking to him. Stop going to that place. Stop having that emotional connection. Stop. No. Be'eretz lo zarua. If you want a connection, then it means lo. You have to be willing to say no elsewhere. To be willing to say no elsewhere. Be'eretz to a place of lo zarua that was planted with the idea of lo. Of lo. In a world that didn't want that. Hashem offered His Torah to the other nations. And they said, nah, I'm not good with limits and boundaries and borders and no. I want to be able to do and experience anything I want. Whatever my heart desires. Hashem says, okay, but you're going to be pretty unhappy. And the Jewish people said, we're in. Yes, no, do, don't do. Go here, stop there. We're in, whatever you tell us. This is your, your world. You created us. You designed us. We're in. So, truma. take from me a truma. Truma is Torah with a mem. Take from me a life and a lifestyle, a Torah, that has the boundaries, that has the mem on all four sides, that will safeguard us. You know, you have this in sports. Every sport is only fun and competitive because there's out of bounds. Just picture football, basketball, hockey. What would it look like if you could just run anywhere with the ball? What makes the entire sport meaningful and competitive and fun is the fact that there are boundaries to it. You can't go out of bounds. Was he out of bounds? The replay? Who touched it last? Did he have both feet in? Did he catch it across the goal line? Every, every sport, lahavdil, but it's the boundaries. This is a very important metaphor when you talk to kids. You say, I just want to be able to go and do, and why can't I? They say, great. We're going to play basketball at resource. There's no, you just run wherever you want. That's ridiculous. We can't play that way. Whoever has the ball can just dribble and run and go, and there's no, yeah, that's life. What gives it the arena what makes the arena a place of purpose, 
which is what makes it competitive with ourselves and others, and elevates it, is the fact that there are boundaries to it. The yichli truma, the truma of the letter of the letter mem. Okay, a lot more to say, just on this opening pasuk, but apparently the parsha goes on beyond the first pasuk. Apparently. Okay, so we're going to go on beyond the first Pasuk too. Okay, one more thing on this Pasuk. Back to the Tefer Shmuel. Sorry, one more thing. Because this one I never noticed before. How many times have we learned and taught this parsha and shared this insight? V'yichu, v'yitnu, all these things. But this one I never saw. campaign Every other campaign you do, you may have noticed coming in, we're doing a capital campaign, we're expanding, person is raising money for Israel, whatever the purpose, for the kolal, for the Tom Cheshab, whatever the purpose. First you mention the cause, and then you do the fundraiser. Torah here has it backwards. Did everyone notice this? Ever bother you? First we do the fundraiser, and only then does Hashem mention, oh, by the way, here's the cause. What happened? Shouldn't we mention the cause and then the... Speak to the Jewish people and say, fork it over. Oh, and by the way, the reason for it is because we're going to use that money to build the Mishkan and all the Kalim and everything that's going to go inside. We have it backwards. Backwards. If you're building a building, first you talk about the capital campaign, a big building, and here's the reason, and this is what it'll contain, and this is what we'll be able to accomplish, we'll be able to achieve together. And then you do your renderings and your drawings, and you get some excitement, and then you start the meetings. Similarly, if you want to open a new kolal, a new court, first you open a new school, Here's the reason, here's what we're going to build, here's what it's going to look like, here's the excitement of it. Now everybody fork it over, I think is the technical term. First it tells you all the different substantive to give. Without mentioning what the reason. And only at the end Hashem says, oh by the way, the whole reason, the whole purpose for this is for the Mishkan. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you that the reason that we're doing this campaign is because we're going to build a Mikdash, a Mishkan. We have it backwards. Now we understand Rashi. Why did Rashi say, give li lishmi? Give for the right reason. Give because I asked you. What's the evidence one gives because God asked? Because you don't even know why you're giving. You're giving because you have such trust and such love in the other, such a desire to make them happy, to help them meet their goal, that you don't even need to know why. This is a continuation essentially of Nasa Venishma. Hashem says, look, I'm going to need you to take out your checkbook. You say, no problem, how many zeros? And then later he says, oh, by the way, the reason was we were building a Mishkan. By the way, that was the reason why. But the relationship is revealed, the depth and quality of the relationship is revealed when Hashem says, take out your checkbook, you say, no problem, how many zeros? Not, what's it for? What do you need? Who else is giving? What's the budget? Why? Can't they just go do? No, and you say, no problem. And that's what Rashi meant, Li. Lishmi. 
And therefore, this wasn't coincidental. Had the reason been revealed at first, you wouldn't know that people are giving because they trust, they believe, they're investing in that connection, that relationship with Hashem. Maybe the reason they're giving is they talk and think, you know, it's a good idea. We're a lot of people, we're dispersed all over, we need a clubhouse. So would be a great clubhouse. Count me in. I'll give to that. Makes sense. Then you wouldn't know it was Lilishmi. How do you know it's Lilishmi? By the fact that the fundraiser happened before even mentioning the reason, the reason why. And then he continues. He says, Tell us that there are three ways that a person is recognized. You want to know everything about somebody? Check out their wallet, check out their cup, and check out their temperament. If you want to know how they spend their money, you know everything about them. So that's why instead of shidduch resumes, there should be credit card statements. <laughs> I don't need some resume. I don't need to know where your uh, siblings are in yeshiva. Show me your latest credit card statement. I want to know what do you spend money on? How, how, where do you spend your money? I'll learn everything about you. How many times did you go to Starbucks? How many Manny Petties? Did you go to the heat game? Did you give staka? Did you... What'd you order when you went out to eat? You want to know everyone thinking about somebody? Bekiso. Check out their credit card statement. And then you'll know about them. Bekoso. After a l'chaim. See a little, after they drink a little bit. You know, Mishanich Nesadr, Mar bin Besimcha. According to some, the Mar bin Besimcha, Ein Simcha, Ela Babasavayayin. So ordinarily, you only eat a little meat and you don't have, just have wine on Shabbos. Chodesh Adar, this year we have two, a little bit more. So have a l'chaim with someone and see how they behave, if they can hold their liquor, what really comes out. Nichnas yayin yatsasod. You know, the, the truth of somebody comes out. And Picasso, the temperament. See what happens when someone cuts them off on the highway. See what happens when someone pulls into the parking spot they were about to get. See what happens when they come into shul and somebody's sitting in their, their seat. Picasso, the temperament. Yeshan Hashem. He says, There's some people, Bikiso, who can't part with their money. They'll t- take my kidney, take my liver, take my left arm. But my wallet, my credit card number, you can't have that. And they don't want to give. The only reason they'll ever give is they're embarrassed. Everybody knows in fundraising, that's why we're going to start to live. list who are the global members. Next week when you come, maybe they'll be on your seat. Who in this room contributed and who didn't yet? Because that's a great motivator. We all know in fundraising, sadly, it shouldn't be that way. It should be, we don't list any names. It's all private. It's all personal. It's all part of a relationship with Hashem. It's all a commitment to say thank you for the benefit that we get. Halavai. Halavai, that were the world we live in. But it's not, unfortunately, what drives a lot of people. But we should. The first question, I never got this question. Of all the shit of questions I've received, nobody's ever said, do you know if they give 10% of their income? When you, do, when you do a fundraiser, are they the first to give? Do they give? Do you know if they give away 10% of their income? Nobody's ever asked me that. I never got that question. I get a lot of questions. I never got that. You want to know everything about somebody? Bikiso. Are they generous? Are they magnanimous? Are they gracious? Do they love to help, to host, to give, to do, to bring joy to others? So that's why first v'yichuli truma, first the fundraiser, and then the matara, and then the reason. And then he goes on, he says, You see the same thing when it comes to shalom bayis. We know that a Jewish home is a mikdash ma'at. Rav Soloveitchik has this. We're not going to get to it. We're not going to get to anything else. Rav Soloveitchik has, our home is modeled after the Mishkan. 
and the kalim of the Mishkan are the kalim of our home. And just like the Mishkan has a Shulchan, and a Mizbeach, and a Menorah, and a Kior, these are the vessels in our house. We shouldn't worry about, you know, what's the measurement of that flat thing on the wall that entertain. That's not the vessel in our house. What's our Shulchan? What's our Mizbeach? Where are the sacrifice? Where are the sacrifices within our home? Where's the Shulchan? Where's the place of Achnas Zorchem and of hosting others? Where's the Kior? Where are we purifying ourselves? Where all the vessels of the Mishkan are the formula for the vessels in our home. Because if a husband and wife merit, just like the Mikdash was a place of Ashras HaShchina, of divine dwelling, so to the Jewish home should be that Mikdash Ma'a. So just like the Mikdash was a place that first when we were asked to give, we said yes, only then did we say, for what? Similarly, in a marriage, when a spouse asks the other, can you do, the answer should be automatically, sure, yes, I'm in. And then, what, why, where, when? Nasa v'nishma, nediva slave, nediva slave. Hashem doesn't want us to do things because everyone else is doing it, because we have to keep up with others. He wants nediva slave, rachman aliba boy, Kaddish Baruch wants our heart, what's in our heart, he wants us to do it because we're driven for the right reasons. V'asuli mikdash v'shechanti b'socham, perak chafei pasak ches. Ultimately, the reason what we're building is a mikdash v'shechanti b'socham. We all know the shift from Bisocho to Bisocham. First it's the singular, Vasli Mikdash, and then it switches to Bisocham in them. We shift from one to the to the other. The Tefer Shlomo, Shlomo of Radamsk. Listen to this insight. I never heard this either. We know that whenever you do something, we had a Sefer Torah recently. So if you put your hand in the sofa's hand and helped write a letter in the Torah, what do you say beforehand? L'shem Kedushas Sefer Torah. Ksiva Sefer Torah. If you participated in our campaign to tie 2,000 pairs of tzitzis, what did you say before you tied the tzitzis? L'shem Mitzvah Tzitzis. If you're going to go soon to a matzah factory and you're going to bake matzah, what are you going to say? L'shem Mitzvah Matzah. What are we saying all these things for? It's not obvious, tying tzitzis. Obviously, you're tying it to tie tzitzis. You're sitting at Achnas Sefer Torah, the sofa, the Torah is open in front of you. It's obvious, you're writing a Torah. What do we have to say these things for? The answer is something that needs lishma. we say it out loud. We, our intent, creates the kashras. What would happen if the sofa didn't write it lishma? What if the sofa is watching the Super Bowl out of one eye and writing the Torah with the other? He's not paying attention to what he's doing. And afterwards, it's the most magnificent Torah Beautiful cloth, incredible ink, magnificent ksav, magnificent Torah. But it turns out he was busy in the overtime following the game, not paying attention. It wasn't l'shma, l'shem kedusha sefer Torah. You know what it was for? His parnasa. His honor that he writes the most beautiful Torah. It wasn't for the right reason. Is the Torah kosher? Is the matzah kosher? The tzitzis kosher? No. So what gives it the intent when we say something? You see the power of Am Yisrael. When we say something, we create things. You see this with the Karbonos. If a person takes an animal and brings it into the Azara Stam, it's Chulun Ba'azara. So you go and you grab an animal and you schlep it into the base of Mikdash, but you never designated it. You never elevated it. You never said, this is a Karbon. Harezu Karbon. Now you violated the prohibition of bringing Chulun into the Azara. You brought something mundane into the holy place. But if you take this animal and you first say, 
Harezu Karban. This animal's a Karban. Karban Milashan Karva. I want to grow close to Hashem. How will I get close to Hashem? I'm designating this animal, the animal in me. And I'm going to slaughter this animal because I want to slaughter the animal in me. And Hareze Karban. This is not just my barbecue for tonight. This is not just dinner. This is a Karban. Harezu Karban. Now you didn't violate Chulan Ba'azara. Now through Dibor, through designating it, you've elevated it. And now, uah. Now you brought a holy korban into the holy mishkan, the holy Beis Hamikdash. So says the Tefer Shleim of Shleim of Radamsk. That's what it means. Vasuli Mikdash, Bnei Yisrael Shechem Livnos Mishkan. How? Laham Shechem Mishkan Zashuras Hashchina V'Shachanti Bissocham. In each and every one of us, when we designate, when we have the right intent, when we have the right attitude, that's how He dwells here. You could have a perfect Torah, but if it didn't have the Shema, it's not kosher. You could have a perfect tzitzis, perfect matzah, but the person who crafted it, created it, didn't designate it with the right intent, it's not kosher. So v'asuli mikdash, make the mikdash, but what makes it holy? V'shachanti, b'socham, it's the person who makes it that makes it holy. Chalila, if a heretic, when one of these missionaries drops off a Bible at your doorstep, you know what you do with it? Let's say they got smart and they use the article translation of the Bible and they drop off their volume, their version of the art scroll translation of the Bible at your doorstep. You know where you put it? Garbagio. In the garbage. Garbage. It's, it's Torah. It's a translation of the Torah Kadosha. How could you put it in the garbage? What's the answer? If it's produced by a min, by a heretic, it's not Torah. It goes in the garbage. Ah, it looks like Torah. Reads like Torah. Sounds like Torah. Goes in the garbage. Why? V'shechanti b'socham. It's the person who gives the lishma. So Hashem says, don't get confused in this world of the physical, thinking it's all about the physical. It's the intent of the one who created the physical that creates the entire world. So there's the physical world that's down here. And then there's the metaphysical world up here. So Hashem says, you know where I live? In anything that you create, that you say lishma, l'shem kedusha, that you have the right intent, that is where I live. That's everything that goes wrong next week, two weeks from now. The whole problem with the Chayta Egel is we missed Hashem, we longed for Hashem, we wanted a tangible connection to feel the presence of Hashem. And when we miscalculated and it felt like He didn't come down, what do we do? We built an Egel. So Hashem says, you don't get it. It has to be not just the physical, it has to be the Lishma, it has to be the Kavana, it has to be the intent. It's Bisocham of who makes it. And therefore, destroy that ego. You got it all wrong. You crave something physical, tangible, no problem. I'm going to give you a mishkan. I'll give you a mikdash. I'll give you a sefer Torah. But chalila, we can't turn the sefer Torah into a chayta ego. We can't turn the Torah into an ego. It has kedusha. We kiss it. We elevate it. We celebrate it. We dance with it. But it's as good as, the Gemara says, the fools who kiss a sefer Torah, who stand for the Torah when it walks by, but they sit when the living Torah, when the Tamachacham, when the righteous person walks by. Because v'shachanti b'sacham, it's all in us. It's the power of words. Soloveitchik said, that's why. What's the first thing we do the holiest day of the year? The night of Kol Nidre. We walk into Shulan Yom Kippur. And we have the least inspiring, motivating liturgy to open the holiest day of the year. Kol Nidre. Maybe the tune is haunting, is moving. But you ever think about the words? All vows and oaths and promises, they should hereby be annulled. And some technical 
disclaimer about vows and oaths and annulling. It is the most uninspiring, uninspiring opening to what is supposed to be the most inspiring day of the year. Said of Soloveitchik, you know why we begin with that? Because words matter. Words create reality. You made a vow, you made a promise, you said, Hare Alei Korban. You said, this is L'Shem Kedusha. You, declare, you created a reality. A neder is a reality. If you designate this chair as hectish, I've now changed the status of the chair. And if I prohibit the chair, I say, this chair is prohibited to me. I say, I can't benefit from it. It's forbidden to me. The chair has the same status as a piece of chazer. It has the same status as Basar B'cholov. I, it's just a chair. It's just wood and a cushion. What's forbidden about it? Me, my words. My designation changes and creates a reality. So says the Tefer Shlem, that's the Pshat. Va'asuli Mikdash, Hashem says, I want to have a dira betachtonim. I want to dwell, I want to live, I want to be present, I want to be accessible here in this world. But how does that happen? Not just through cowhide and ink. It happens besocham, in you. When you designate, when you use your words with your intent, with your lishma. That's why li lishmi, when you lishma, when you bring an approach and an attitude of lishma, that's what changes and creates the reality of this world. Perachafei Pasig the first vessel, is the Aron. The Aron houses the Luchos. Perachafei Pasuk Yud. Biasu Aron Seishitim Amasai Machetzi Arkov Amachetzi Rachbov Amachetzi Komaso. Make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits in length and a cubit and a half in width and a cubit and a half of height. We've, done, we've been doing Parsha here for many years. Go listen to the previous ones. Magnificent clay yakar throughout our Parsha. How each of the measurements are a metaphor for a message contained in that vessel. There's so much to, to share and to unpack further in this. But Vatsu Aran Seishitim, something new this year, the Zerakodis, the Rapshitzer, says, Atseishitim, Chazal tell us, Gemar and Sota Dav Gimel, Ein Adam over Avera, Elohim Kein Nichnas Bo Ruach, Shtus. The only time we make a mistake is because if a person has a moment of insanity, a lapse of sanity, how could it be? How could it be? How could it be some of the brightest and most accomplished and most charismatic political leaders, athletes, celebrity, people in the world threw it all away because they did incredibly foolish, stupid, moronic things. Because there was a ruach shtus. There was a moment of insanity that they thought that that was a good idea. They thought that was a good idea. A moment of insanity. But that's true for all of us. There's a moment of insanity. How could you, when you just got your last lab report that told you that's your cholesterol level, your blood pressure, your sugars, and you put that thing in your mouth, you ate that? It was a moment of insanity because it looked good, it tasted delicious, you wanted more, you didn't believe what the lab report said. We looked at, we said, how could you fly off the handle? You just yelled at your spouse, you yelled at your children, your grandchildren, you damaged that relationship, you put distance between it, all because what? You tripped on their Lego? They didn't clean up after their kids? All because they disappointed you from what you wanted? You threw away the relationship? You damaged it? You gave them this negative impression? Because nichnas bo ruach every mistake we make, every poor judgment we show, is because there's a moment that we have a lapse of sanity. Shitim, Akesha word, is shtus gematria satan. Lahoro shahahulechachra satan, itzahara usa davisha shtus. If you give in to the satan, if you indulge the satan in us, then we do shtus, then we're going to have a lapse of sanity. What's the eitzah li natsam eitzahara? What is the advice? 
How can we save ourselves from that Yetzirah of Shtus? Is only in one way. How? By learning Torah. And that's why make an Aron, not say Shittim. Make an Aron. What was in the Aron? The Luchos, the Shivrei Luchos, the original Sefer Torah. The Aron, which is the Kli, the vessel in the Mishkan that radiates the light of Torah, the Aron. Atzei Shittim. Atzei is Lashon Eitzah. Atzei Eitzah. What's an Eitzah? Advice. Aron is the source of Atzei, of the Eitzah, for Shittim, not to do Shtus. Aron Atzei Shittim. The Aron is the Eitzah, not to indulge the Shtus, the Shittim. That's the Aron. And listen to what he writes. The Zer Kodesh. Ikar HaChasidus Ulimad HaTorah HaKadosh HaBasmada. The Ikar of Chasidus, Fabrengen is nice. Atish is nice. Shiraim is nice. But the Iker of Chasidus is Lima Torah Kedosha Bahasmada. The Iker of Jewish life and living is learning Torah. And when we learn Torah, when we learn Torah, live Torah, employ Torah, interpret the world through the prism of Torah, when Torah animates and informs and inspires our life, Iker Chasidus, Lima Torah, when we learn Torah, our own, Atzai, we are tapping into the greatest Eitzah, the greatest advice that there is, Shittim, to overcome the Shtus. Today it's very a personal coach, a business coach, a dating coach, a marriage coach, a career coach, a life coach. Everyone's a coach, a coach, a coach, a coach. So many coaches, most of the coaches, they're all wonderful people and they're amazing. Many of the coaches don't have a degree, didn't go to school, uh, I'm not sure. The coach, so many coaches, a makeup coach, a shaitel coach, a baseball coach, uh, everything coach. Everyone's got a coach and it, there's nothing wrong with it. Many of them, they're wonderful and they help and they inspire and they keep us on track and they hold us accountable. I'm being serious. Nothing wrong with it. It's beautiful. Tap into it. Don't do it while neglecting Torah. You want the greatest coach there is in the world? Aron, the greatest Eitzah? What's the coach there to give you advice? Aron, Atzei, Shittim. You want to overcome? What does the coach do? You just said, I blew it again. Coach, help me. I lost my cool. Coach, help me. I made a mistake at work. I made a bad decision, bad strategic thinking. Coach, help me. I ate the wrong foods. I need you to be the, my, my nutritionist coach. Workout co- coach, help me. Uh, every coach is there to help us overcome the shtus, the ruach shtus, the, the, the lapse of sanity in us. So you want the greatest coach there is in the whole world? It's called Torah. And we, and we are the lucky winners. We have it. The whole world's out there, the next app the next book, the next guru, the next conference, the next convention, the next. We have Torah. We have Torah. It's unbelievable. Aron, Atzei, Shittim. Nesate Allah, Aron. We put it inside the Aron. We have time for one more? We don't have time for any more. The Kruvim, why Kruv? Why the picture of a child on top of the Aron? Why is the, the menorah was so hard for Moshe to make that he had to throw it into a fire that had to be made on its own? So if it was so hard for him to make and Hashem is the one who miraculously made it, why does the Torah tell us how it's made? Why do we need the dimensions? Why do we need the details? If in the end Hashem made it because it's so hard to make and He could never make it on its own, so what do I need the dimensions? What do I need the details? You'll have to come back for that. And more. Mirz Hashem next year. Please stay for all of Sefer Tillam. We'll read and conclude. The more we stay, the more times we can finish all of Sefer Tillam in five minutes. On behalf of our brothers and sisters, we should hear Besoros Tovos, Yeshua's Venachamos.